0: This is Rachel
1: hey I'm Spencer
0: and this is Neon Boots the 90s country music podcast um, and today we have a uh, Durham musician Al Riggs with us hi Al
1: hi
2: there
0: Thanks for joining us today. Good to be here. We're really excited to have another Durham artist. Your second one, we had Grant Emerson from Delta Ray oh, cool. a couple episodes ago.
1: We were at Al's Place of Employment at Carolina Theater Carolina for that Theater. episode. For now. For now. For now. <laughs> uh, Maybe like, not after this. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs>
0: we'll, we'll find a way to block it from the Carolinas' internet so that they can't download
2: and listen to it.
0: But Al, why don't you tell us a little bit about kind of your relationship? with 90s country what do you have any great stories or
2: so i i grew i was born in 1992 so i really didn't become aware of what the radio was until (laughs) i was about four or five which puts us in 97 so we were already on the way out for 90s country but a lot of it was on the radio and i remember listening like on the way to school and back my dad or mom would usually just play what was on the radio or they would have A CD, and my parents really weren't like big into music, yeah, like specific music, but they knew what they liked, so they would just play anything, right? Um, And a lot of what I would listen to was. I don't know if it. Uh, would you consider Melissa Etheridge country or I more singer songwriter? She's more singer songwriter.
0: Yeah. I, I imagine that there's a lot of people who are country fans that like her music and vice yeah. versa because it sounds really similar.
2: Yeah, it kind of straddles that line, I yeah. think. Yeah, my mom would play Melissa Etheridge CD mm-hmm. all the time to the point where it would it was. Every time we would go to school, she would be playing that same song. And I'm the only one. I love that song. <laughs> um, but 90s country, there was, I, it was a lot of figuring out what was actually happening when I got older. Mm-hmm. I'm much more, I would say familiar, not made really positively familiar, but just sort of was more aware of 2000s country yeah. and uh, what was birthed. To be 2000s country after 90s country. Yeah. 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 Gotcha.
0: And I have seen you post kind of and listen to your music a little bit, and you kind of fall in the country ish genre, kind of, do you have any inspiration from either this period of country or, or like you said, the later, like, 2000s, mm-hmm. or do you go back even further?
2: Man, I just want to say no, okay. not at all. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know, there's a little bit, I mean, we're going to get into Dixie Chicks later, mm-hmm. but a little bit of that, um, country musicians that I grew up with a lot, John Prine, who mm-hmm. Kind of, again, teeters on that singer-songwriter country. Right. Willie Nelson, Merle Haggard. Mm-hmm. Just sad men who yeah. knew how to write sad things yeah. properly. Uh, John Prine especially. Might be one of the greatest living songwriters yeah. in And I love tri- that
0: he's still... At it.
2: His new album is it's so, great. so great. I love him. He's one of my favorites. He always knew how to create these. It reminded me a lot of Randy Newman, where he knew how to create these entire worlds inside mm-hmm. of like three minutes. And you would they would always be funny songs and they would also always be sad songs. And yeah. you would kind of get this weird gauntlet of emotion. Yeah, love John Prine. Very inspired by him. Yeah.
0: That was the first good gift that my husband gave me <laughs> was the the CD of his duets, the For Better or Worse compilation, yeah. which I knew John Prine, but it was that CD that caused me to go back and like listen to his older stuff and, mm-hmm. and really get to know his
1: stuff. And we were talking before we started recording about uh, Casey Musgraves in particular. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that she's totally in the Nashville pop country world like some other artists like a Kenny Chesney would be or Big and Rich or something like that, but you talked about appreciating her. I
2: really uh, yeah, I love her. I think she gets that the, the Nashville racket is exactly that, a racket. And I feel like she, you mentioned that she reminded you of Dolly Parton mm-hmm. a lot. And uh, the way that I see that is the way that they kind of gained the system yeah. by writing about these really progressive and deep subjects while sneaking it through the shadows of pop and country and mm-hmm. pulling both of those genres off.
1: Perfectly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, all of her yeah. stuff is good, but album from last year is just super, super It's great. really good.
2: Yeah. We, we need more stuff like that. We
1: need, we need more vocoder in both pop and country.
0: Mm-hmm. I like it. So all right. we have songs.
1: Yep. Yeah. We didn't forget them. We um, didn't. So, I think I'm going to kick things off with... Sawyer Brown's Some Girls Do which was from their 92 album The Dirt Road which uh, was their second number one hit the song was. Uh, I'm, s- I'm sorry. really? so really, You showed me the
2: video and then now you're also telling me that the album is called Dirt Road. <laughs> the, the
1: Dirt Road. The oh, dirt The road. Dirt Road. The My apologies. Which is
0: fun because Sawyer Brown is, is actually there, not the name of it Right. Everybody. There's not
1: a dude named Sawyer Brown. It's
0: the name of a road.
1: Right. <laughs>
0: they they were named something before, like Savannah or something. Beforehand. Yeah, Savannah. And they were they to, they were told that they couldn't be called that because there was another band. And so they opened up a telephone book. and
1: well, I've heard conflicting. Oh, I don't want to conflict I've with your Wikipedia an, research.
0: No, no, no. I read an interview with Matt. Uh, what's his name? Matt Miller. Yeah. Who is the lead singer? Who I thought was Sawyer Brown, but that's not actually who. Wait, he is. there's no one in the Mark band. Miller. There's no, there's no nobody one? in the band. Oh, Sawyer Brown. Yeah. So Mark Miller was did this interview where he was talking about they were in Bellevue, Tennessee. Yeah. And found this road name in a... Phone Facebook, book, yeah. And they decided that that was what their I, name was going to be.
1: I read that take and also that that's where they practiced was off of that road, which who, who knows? And maybe it, sounded better for, maybe it sounded better for interviews to change it at one point. But yeah, yeah don't think it was a dirt road. So this one um, <laughs> followed up the single, The Dirt Road, which hit number one in Canada. This one, some girls do, didn't hit number one in Canada. So get your shit together, Canada. God, Canada. It's a much or better song actually, for the record.
0: Maybe Canada does have their shit together
1: canada has got some great country. They do, but Fucking this stomping Tom Connors. I, I would just say this song is better than Shania Twain I listen to. I listen to both. Yeah, so it was written by Mark Miller. And let's talk a little bit about their background They were the backing band for a country singer named Don King Not the boxing promoter (laughs) And then they kind of split off from him And they won the first ever Star Search in 1983
0: The original American Idols
1: Right, so that kind of launched their career And they're a five-piece band that has been together since then intact, other than a couple changes in the guitar role, which is pretty rare. You know, thirty-five years. Obviously, they're not playing as much as Mm -hmm. they used to, but to stay together mostly intact, we'll listen to what they sounded like at the time. To some girls, do.
2: Ten minutes to shoot this before my boss comes back
1: in. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so, man. So, you know, they, they made it with uh, Star Search, and then apparently when they were trying to launch their country career, there were doubts that they were country enough because they weren't wearing, like, cowboy hats and boots. But in this video, he's got a... John Deere hat on. It's very Mark prominent. Mark Miller has a John Deere hat on, product placement, but or maybe just buying them street cred. Like, cut off Larry the Cable Guy plaid shirt.
0: But he can't pull off a sleeveless shirt the way that Joe Diffie can.
1: No, no one can. Um, <laughs> and just, like, stomping around the garage with his boys that have mullets and all that. So, I don't it's know. So, it's some
2: kind of auto garage they broke into.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would highly I recommend, watching. Watching this video, uh, <laughs> can, I, I, can those- I say real quick so I. I wikipedia'd uh, first
2: I googled and then I wikipedia'd the words some girls do and the first thing that pops up before the song pops up is some girls do is a 1969 British comedy spy film directed by Ralph Thomas and it was like a James Bond parody film and there's a tagline there's a tagline on the poster that says these girls love men Just to clarify, Just so you know. some girls do.
1: <laughs>
2: oh my man. God. So yeah. Is that he's...
0: on Netflix? We're gonna have to see if we can find that.
1: I it's somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> it's we need to find somewhere. that. Get in the carolina. <laughs> well, I'll also say
0: while you're while you're googling this vi- the official music video, which is what you've been describing, Spencer. I would also encourage you to look for the video live at Farm Aid from 1999, mm. which is like the, I think the. The second YouTube video that comes up, because it's Mark Miller in a bucket hat and a Moorhead State basketball jersey, and whenever the guitar part starts at the beginning, he's straight up doing the Carlton. Um,
1: <laughs> 99 <laughs> is the year. 99. Is no, 90, 90. So oh, he, yeah, sorry, uh, 1999. So he apparently went through some stylistic changes, but I guess he had enough. <laughs>
0: I mean, it's an outdoor like, concert. Oh, my
1: God, it's Sugar Ray.
2: It, it does look like Sugar Ray,
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, but maybe
0: that. he was just trying to stay comfortable in the hot outdoor. Well, I can see that.
2: We played in a we played in St. Augustine a few yeah. months ago, and it, similar. I was wearing a. I was wearing a cutoff shirt. It mm-hmm. had—it's my shirt that has a uh, Beyonce on it, and she's in a pentagram, and Beyonce is done in the Venom font. Uh huh. Um, oh, man. And I had sunglasses on, so I just look like a a fucking <laughs> fun, interesting person up there.
0: <laughs> I bet. Oh man. I mean, so I—I
2: I, I forgive his
1: on-stage outdoor look. Well, he also clarifies in the song that he ain't—he ain't first class. Nope. He's he, not. High trash, but he ain't first class. So he, he you know gives you that full disclosure. Yeah. But I love how in this video also, as well as the original, some girls do music video. There's one of the guys in the band, and I can't even recognize that the same same person. Uh, they're both wearing Hawaiian shirts. So someone stylistically is keeping keeping it real yeah. with their Hawaiian shirts. I
0: mean, he has that's his look. Yeah. Well, and, and I think it's funny the whole Hawaiian shirt thing because Al, you said earlier something about this song reminded you. Of Jimmy Buffett.
2: Yeah, there's something going on in the chord progression that reminds me of a very uh, kind of early mid-period Jimmy Buffett where he was breaching out into more of a full band Mm -hmm. sort of thing. Yeah, that's. it's not a bad song. (laughs) It's not a bad song, but it's not a good one either. It's...
0: I think that you just described (laughs) 90s. Everything
1: Everything. is delivered very (laughs) hesitantly. It's okay. So, I think some of the personnel on this album, there's some interesting connections. I'm doing a little bit of, like, the Charlie and Always Sunny Pepe Silvia map right now. Like, (laughs) you guys aren't seeing this, but the album... I'll uh, put put
0: it on Instagram and I'll put your face over Charlie's face. (laughs)
1: Please do. So on the album, which again, The Dirt Road, it was co-produced by Randy Scruggs, who's the son of Earl Scruggs, Mm -hmm. bluegrass legend. Earl actually played banjo on the towel track and was in the music video, which is just kind of odd, because I don't think he had been in any music videos before that, but was in this Sorry Brown song mm-hmm. that his son uh, roped him into, I guess. But Randy Scruggs, he did have some performing career. He had a song in the 90s with Mary Chapin Carpenter, which is, spoiler, not very good. You don't have to listen to it. I did that work for you. But he did write Dina Carter, number one single, We Danced Anyway, which we've been talking about her a lot lately. That was the, actually the follow-up to Strawberry Wine. And he covered that with, at I think you say her name Matri- Matricia Berg, and she actually wrote strawberry wine. And she wrote... It always
0: uh, goes back to strawberry wine It always goes back to strawberry
1: wine. And then also she has a connection to Dixie Chicks, which we'll be talking about later in this episode. She wrote a single, If I Fall, You're Going Down With Me, which was on Fly, the (laughs) record we're going to talk a little bit about later. So lots of connections in this 90s -hmm. country world, as you know. But maybe the most interesting connection from this whole thing, really with Sawyer Brown in general, is Mark Miller, the singer about 10 years after the song came out he created a christian rock label called beat street records cool very cool. because he's really into the roads and names you know streets and naming things (laughs) and he discovered and signed the band casting crowns and produced or co-produced like every one of their albums or still does so he's just over here like raking in the dove awards this guy who ain't first class ain't white trash he made this kind of and, uh, and, this move. and the
0: Dove Awards come up for the third time in this podcast. Yeah, well, so. I
1: mean. I what think are their Dove some... awards? Are they the Christian Rock Awards? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And the Casting Crowns, I think, kind of owned that sector of music for a little bit. Yeah. And I would hate to be on
2: tour with Casting Crowns and Counting Crows. It would just be a, <laughs> a logistical nightmare.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so um, he's had kind of an interesting career progression in terms of getting out of Sorry Brown doing some other stuff, but they're apparently still doing their thing, still with most of the same lineup. The song itself is catchy, like Al said, maybe not the best song in the world, but... It's fun. It's it's fun. Uh, I think the Wikipedia description of this song...
0: As we've already discussed in previous episodes, Wikipedia descriptions of songs or have to be written by some really special
1: yeah, people. Yeah, I like the, just the content. It says, The song begins with a potential object as, of his affection turning up her nose at his like as a way of rebuffing his attentions. Another woman witnesses the exchange from her front porch as she's paying her nails. She hints that like it takes she's... more than that to attract a woman, and they hook up with one another. You cut off the first sentence. Sorry. Which, I, which I think is the funniest part. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, Dal. No, no, you go ahead. You read it. <laughs> the narrator states that some girls don't like boys like him. Oh my yeah. god, is that what the song
0: In case is? you yeah. missed
1: that, I just figured that was Jeez. I'm sorry, I figured that Although, going back to this Wikipedia article for the first time I see that was released on my 7th birthday, Happy March birthday, 4th, 92 So, I got a great present as a 7 year old That's 2 days before I was born
0: Dang. Yeah. Oh
1: wow, thanks, Al uh, <laughs> I will say that I think it was the next year uh, when NBA Jam came out on my birthday. Nice. Uh, I think it was, or maybe it was 94 for the Genesis and Super Nintendo. So that's, I think, my birthday's claim to fame after. So just drinking some girls do and playing some hoop dreams. Oh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh,
2: interesting. I'm also on the Wikipedia page. <laughs> We're experts here. We're, We're, yeah. I'm also on the page, and it led me to a link to a man named Michael South. Sa- Sa- who directed that wonderfully lush and interesting music video, video. Uh, a few years before that, he apparently directed the video for "One" by Metallica. <laughs> uh, probably all. the same tone. Uh, uh, it's more or less right. But that one won. Like that one's like a considered to be one of the better <laughs> music videos. You're saying some girls do is is not. I'm saying that some girls do lacks a certain a certain zhuzh. That,
0: <laughs> that the Metallica? That the
2: Metallica yeah, one. And I'm watching
0: the Metallica and, one
2: And now, uh, we are now in a place where I'm complimenting Metallica, uh, so.
0: Who knew we would get here?
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, he did produce a lot more country uh, music videos, which is interesting. It's mostly country right. and Metallica. But he did Metallica early on and then kind of went pretty much full country after that, even though I would say he's probably best known for the Metallica one, not yeah. that it's super no music videos. Some well, I'm, I'm sad
0: that we went off on whatever tangent took us away from Jimmy Buffett because
2: <laughs> I was really
0: interested in hearing your thoughts about him, Al, after you said earlier Man, you were a fan. I
2: love, I love <laughs> Jimmy Buffett. There's, I don't think there was a period in my life where I wasn't listening to Jimmy Buffett yeah. growing up. My dad is not a parrot head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But I did grow up with him playing A1A and Songs You Knew By Heart yeah. um, over and over and over again. And he can write a song. Mm-hmm. He can write a damn good song. Granted, he can write two of the same kinds of songs right. <laughs> over and over again, but, but they're he, all
0: great.
1: he's
2: he knows this, yeah, and he knows they're great, and he knows that he can only write these two kinds of songs right. over and over again. But he's I I think that more artists need to aspire to the level of comfort and, and self
0: awareness. It's self
2: awareness yeah. that Jimmy Buffett has, yeah. Just to know who you are and to be content. Yeah. Um, not necessarily in to rest on your laurels, but to just understand the kind of music that you make and then use that as a
1: uh,
2: as a, a canvas.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well,
1: he's not resting on his laurels. He's coming up with all kinds of Margaritaville merchandising. Oh God, you yeah. know, <laughs> like the drink mixing machines oh, to yeah. frozen well, margaritas. And, um, like...
0: They wrote a Broadway He wrote a Broadway play.
1: <laughs> it lasted for like two months.
0: It was actually a really well, interesting... it should
1: have been in Broadway. It should have been in Orlando. Right. And it would have lasted for yeah. two. Oh, it'll tour. <laughs> uh, I've been to Margaritaville.
2: Uh, One of them. I went to the one in Myrtle Beach. Oh, Oh, Myrtle Beach. I've been
0: to that one, too. Myrtle
2: Beach is uh, uh, (laughs) a a place that exists. Uh, I've been to, it was the first and so far only time I've been to Myrtle Beach. And you Um, went to Margaritaville. I was like 17, Mm. maybe 16. It was when the My Morning Jacket album, Evil Urges, came out. And we were going to the House of Blues there To to see them. That was a great show. Yeah. No openers, too, which is the first time I saw a band of that level just be like, fuck it. It's an evening with my morning it. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. But, I think that uh, I've, I've been to a few shows at that House of Blues, and they've all been an evening with.
2: That's interesting. Yeah. But uh, Mar- we went to Margaritaville, and have you ever been to Cookout? <laughs> 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 no, 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 no. Hear me out. <laughs> yes. I'm, you've I'm been, yes. excited to
0: see where this goes. So
2: you've been to Cookout. Yes. Uh, cookout. Is great. Cookout, if the people listening to this podcast uh, who don't live in North Carolina. <laughs> Cookout is a great chain of drive through mostly drive through right. fast food joints. All their food is really inexpensive and kind of of a higher quality mm-hmm. than most uh, main chain right, restaurants. Big, yeah. Burgers are really good. They're all char grilled and everything.
0: And you can get a side of corn dog.
2: And you can get a side of corn dog. You can get a small burger, a corn dog, a thing of french fries, and a milkshake for six bucks.
1: And you can mix milkshake flavors together with... Which yes. I think is not very apparent for people making their first trip to cookout. I prefer the peach cobbler, strawberry cheesecake, caramel Damn. mashup. Damn. Wow! So Shit. you know,
2: I'm a I'm a simple person. I like to I like a good mint Oreo. Those are good. Well, so but, uh, do we
0: need to? I'm sorry to, no, to go interrupt, go But do we need to drop our goal of having a biscuit sponsorship and instead go for a cookout?
1: I mean, I don't think at this point we can be very selective with the sponsors. <laughs> we'll just
0: take whatever.
1: Yeah. Call, I mean, call us.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: (laughs) (laughs) So you're familiar with cookout yes now imagine going to a big theme park style restaurant with props and uh uh, big tv screens and it's huge and it's also crowded and it's got a big fucking tornado filled with margarita and everything and it's jimmy buffett themed it's nautical it's big and it's loud and it's fun now imagine waiting to enter the restaurant for a while and then sitting down and then waiting for your food and spending... $13 Thirteen dollars for a cookout style uh, meal. <laughs> it's not bad. You're paying for the atmosphere. You're paying for the atmosphere. <laughs> it's not bad, but it is. It's we probably could have just stopped at cookout the, on the way there.
0: I was gonna say I'm pretty sure there's a McDonald's across across the, <laughs> across 17. My experience <laughs> at the at the Margaritaville. I went there and there was a live band that was playing like. Buffett style of music and covering some of his stuff and I was hungry and I ordered just a side of fries Mm -hmm. sitting at the bar and the guy brought me a bowl of rice. He thought I said (laughs) rice instead of fries. And I'm like, who just orders a side of rice? You did. I, I did, apparently. <laughs> so,
1: I, I once asked a cookout if I could get a Coke float made with Diet Coke, because I'm diabetic. So, you know, the ice cream is enough, and I'm not trying to go too crazy. And the woman who was uh, helping me out at the register said, honey, anything is possible at cookout. So, you know, maybe Aww. there is a connection there. Anything's possible Margaritaville. Margaritaville. Yes. You can get your side, you get side of, of just of a bowl of plain white rice. <laughs> but uh, I can't. I can't shun Margaritville too much Because at Myrtle Beach My mom had a friend When I was growing up That lived there And we would go to the Alabama Theater Oh yeah Down there uh, Pretty regularly And First, I see that show. The Oak Ridge Boys Are coming up there In a couple months <laughs> nice. So Hell yeah
0: We've talked about them before Their yeah.
1: album's really good We might need to take a Field trip All right Neon Boots on the Road <laughs> Let's do it They're made for walking They are No, come on, that was a little bit (laughs) better. Can you wait?
2: Is it wise to wear neon boots? it probably depends on where you're going it probably depends on like if they're actual boots it's like in Myrtle Beach absolutely yeah you can go away <laughs> with
0: it Myrtle Beach yep. that would be the place to wear neon boots
2: one more thing about Myrtle Beach
1: before we move on <laughs> sponsored by Visit Myrtle, Myrtle, Myrtle Beach Myrtle. Oh, the don't, place that I hate oh don't don't, <laughs> don't absolutely don't visit Myrtle Beach if you are from if you're for some reason listening to this and are in North Carolina don't go to Myrtle Beach don't go to Myrtle Beach oh. it is a
2: wonderful nightmare of a the place <laughs> they have a place there called the Kiss Cafe which is a coffee shop and that is with big air quotes. A coffee shop, <laughs> all with the style of the band Kiss. Oh my god. And the awning, you're probably looking it up right now. Yes. The awning of the shop is two big Gene Simmons boots. Oh and man. you walk through as you enter in the Kiss Cafe. And I had a rockacino
1: <laughs> and threw up. Oh, <laughs> (laughs)
2: Kind
0: of
1: what you would expect. Uh, Did they, like, brand their own coffee and sell it? I think when this first opened, they're, like, trying to make it a thing. Corn has their own coffee now, Uh, so. I mean, I would think, like, why not have backwards R corn, like, sweet corn? Yeah. (laughs) Like, that would be the obvious way to go, but. I bought corn from corn and threw up. (laughs) (laughs) There you (laughs)
2: go. I don't know what they did to it.
0: All right, from Sawyer Brown to corn. Now we'll talk about the Dixie Chick. Right? Al, tell mm-hmm. us about your song you picked out.
2: I picked the song Cowboy Take Me Away off of the Dixie Chicks album Fly. It's mm-hmm. November
0: 1999. So Just barely made it in the 90s. Just
2: barely. The end of the 90s. The death of the 90s. <laughs> the death knell of the 90s. I love this song. I love the Dixie Chicks. I think people who don't love the Dixie Chicks should probably learn more about them. And then they will love the Dixie Shakes. I love their arrangements. I love that it's just three of them and you really do not need Mm -hmm. any other additional accompaniment. I feel like if you just had the three of them record a very stripped down guitar, banjo, violin, vocals album, which I don't know if that exists, Mm -hmm. probably does, most likely. I could just listen to that all day. Their voices are incredible. They write really great songs. They write really funny songs. This one is a very sincere and sentimental song. Mm-hmm. It's a very beautiful song, and it's about wanting to just live a calmer life. It's a little about fantasizing about the good old days. That whole um, idea of a more tranquil, peaceful life. I want to. Yeah. I want to. I want to walk and not run, yeah. which is one of the lyrics in the song. It's a really good song. I love it. Uh, yeah, we should play a little clip of it.
0: you're talking about their songwriting the song was written by Marty which is the sister that plays the fiddle right mm-hmm. co-written with Marcus Human i think is how you pronounce
2: it Marcus Human is an american Born December 28, 1960 <laughs> in Washington DC, Marcus Spencer Human is an American country <laughs> music artist.
0: He also, he and Marty co-wrote Ready to Run, which is also on that Fly album and also on the soundtrack to Runaway Bride starring oh. Julia Roberts and Richard Gere. I love that movie.
2: I Don't yeah. think I've seen that movie, but it's, it's my huge. mom, my mom watched that movie a lot and I yeah. remember seeing the cover a lot yeah. and going yeah. Yeah. I'm never gonna watch this movie, yeah, but that's cute. <laughs> but it's definitely a concept.
0: Well, and I I had the soundtrack to that movie, and I I really like the soundtrack. They have both unexpected jazz music on there that it, it was just, it's a 90s really. Nineties soundtracks
2: are weird. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love nineties soundtracks. they they're just sort of everything.
0: So Al, whenever you messaged us and told us that this was your pick for your song, my response was, are we just gonna? talk about boys in cowboy boots that we had crushes on because that's whenever I hear this song it immediately takes me back I think I was in 10th grade so like after this the album had been out for a while and there was a guy that I had a total crush on and he I grew up in a small town Mm -hmm. so we had like farms in rural area and he was a straight-up cowboy and I was like oh man I have the biggest crush on him and he ended up dating one of my friends instead
2: Asshole! I'm you not ha- going to say it's. Y- you hate to see that. I know. I know. I didn't. I did not have any crushes on any cowboys growing up because I went to a Catholic school, and <laughs> okay. we kind of. That all, wasn't the uniform. <laughs> well, I was about to say we kind of all dressed the same. same yeah. No one really had a cowboy thing. Yeah. Um. I don't know. It's. I think as I grow older and I listen to songs like this, it's not really, I mean, it's in the title, Cowboy Take Me Away, but I feel like it is more to do with, like I said earlier, just wanting to escape to a sort of tranquil, like calm yeah. space.
0: I, I agree that that was the intention of the song, mm-hmm. but as a stupid uh, teenage girl, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, nah, this is about a cute boy in cowboy boots. <laughs>
1: There's nothing wrong with that either. Well, she wrote it for her sister Emily's wedding because she was marrying a guy who was a cowboy. So it had like that <laughs> sincere... You know, he was taking her away and he was a cowboy. And uh, apparently they played that. So the interview I read with with Marcus human human whatever said that he heard that they the sisters and Natalie sang this at the wedding which is weird if she's singing her own song written for her mm-hmm. not really sure how that worked but then you know it ended up becoming a single for them obviously they wrote it pretty quickly so It so about 30 minutes they were on this time crunch because the Dixie Chicks were co-writing with so many different people at that time and I guess he wasn't aware that they had recorded a studio version and they had invited him him to come hang out and send this BMW with him. It's kind of a weird story. And like I was, when reading the story, I was like, oh, sweet. They're giving him a BMW because he co-wrote this hit for them and they're rolling in the dough right now. But they just like played him the studio version of the song. Like, oh hey, the, you wrote the song with us. This is what it sounds like. It, it has is. amazing sound si- system. Listen to it now. So I'm sure it was really cool. But I would have been a little bit tricked by them. Really wanting me to send the specific car, right? And playing up all the features of it. There's a yeah.
0: he didn't get the BMW.
1: The the interview just ends. He Wait, pushes he didn't the button. Get to keep the BMW. He pushes the button and it's Cowboy Take Me Away. And that's the interview ends. And I need
0: more details. Who wrote this article?
1: This was in the Tennessean. In November 2016, the title Dave of it is Paulson. this Dixie Chick song was written for a wedding. Dave so very, Paulson, very call us. Dave Paulson, did you keep that BMW? Apparently, when they were first co-writing it, he thought that she was saying Calgon, take me away, which is apparently like a household <laughs> products <coughs> company. I don't really pay attention to that. Kind of
0: oh, name. because Calgon, that was their those are slogan look, apparently. Yeah. Right?
1: Calgon, I, take me away. Yeah. So she had to. Clarify that it wasn't like a parody It was just like a sincere line Cowboy take me away Oh that's funny
0: Oh
2: man
1: The I, wonderful world of ads
0: um, Yeah <laughs> I, I do just really love that The whole Fly album um, on, my, on my way home from visiting family at Christmas holidays I put this album on And it just It's still so good It hold it holds up mm-hmm. Including that song Oh yeah In spite of that cowboy boy Breaking my
1: heart <laughs> Yeah, and I mentioned, I think in the last episode, I kind of missed the boat on Dixie Chicks at the time. I was discovering rock music and things like that. Probably Corn Korn on <laughs> 99, probably stuff like that. And so I kind of missed the boat, but this was uh, one of the songs uh, we talked, I think, in the first episode mm-hmm. about this local super group called Hardtuck Tuck uh, that played a tribute show for the great cover-up at Kings and Raleigh, and they were the Dixie Chicks last well, year. Cool. And this was one of the songs they played, and I knew Goodbye Earl, I knew Wide Open Spaces, but I really know much of anything else and so this was one of the ones I played and I was just like whoa that Dixie Chicks has some awesome songs they do do. and some great melodies because all the songs were getting stuck in my head and like the days after so I started diving a little bit deeper into Dixie Chicks after that Mm -hmm. thanks to uh that tribute performance
2: I would like to talk a little bit about the uh the, the weird ubiquitous nature of 90s country specifically yes. this song sure um so i didn't really grow like i said i didn't really grow up with a lot of country music or a lot of 90s country music playing i did hear this song a lot on the radio and uh cut to a few years ago i wrote a song called all the cells which if you go through my you can find like the hopscotch set where the mm-hmm. band and I played played it uh, a few years ago. So when you asked me to do the podcast. I was like, okay, let me find a song to listen to. And I was like going through Spotify, like 90s country. It's like, I don't know where to start. So I might as well start with the most obvious playlist title here. And it was like, oh, Dixie Chicks. I like them. And I listened to it and the opening notes come in. It's like, oh, fuck, I might have stolen this song. (laughs) Um, Just like in my head, it sounded familiar when I wrote it and then I heard this and it com—I I completely freaked me out. Like, I accidentally stole a Dixie Chick song. I feel so bad. I mean,
0: music is, everything has been written yes. This is true,
2: but <laughs> it's this, it's very, it's
1: 100% the same melody. what the link to this there. Oh, but, God. I mean, to be fair, they pretty much stole this title from Calgon, apparently. Yeah, I guess. I guess <laughs> I feel right. a little Better yeah. now. Yeah. yeah, they can't really <laughs> accuse you of too much there. I mean, yeah, they, they I mean, should they, have they known could. that they could. They man. actually could.
2: Yeah, <laughs> you know, laws, whatever. But it's it's weird because the music. I didn't grow up with it. I didn't really. I wasn't surrounded by this very specific sub 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 genre of music, and yet. It was everywhere. So in my mind, it just sort of kind of stuck in my head without me even like seeking it out. Right, It was everywhere. And I feel like it was more 2000s country that really started to get my attention.
1: And I don't mean that positively. (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking about stealing songs from people, Elvis.
0: Elvis.
1: (laughs) Topic of the next song.
0: I thought you were going to, I thought your transition was going to be from the Dixie Chicks Fly to Patti Loveless's When Angels Fly.
1: Well, Whoa. Al just kind of allowed me a softball. I there, know. So. I know. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, my song that I chose is I Try to Think About Elvis by Patti Lovelace. Um, it was released in 94 and was the first single from our album, like I mentioned a second ago, When Angels Fly and
1: Fallen I, Angels.
0: Oh, When Fallen Angels Fly. Sorry. And I didn't really pick this for any particular reason other than I was on. Also, listening to a 90s country playlist, and this song came on, and I just remembered what a fun song it is. Let me see if I can play you guys a clip. Of course, as you can tell by listening to the lyrics, Patty Loveless is just singing about. Things that rhyme. Things that rhyme, but she's she's singing about how this guy's always on her mind and she's trying to think about other stuff, including Oprah in the afternoon. And, you know, that that's kind of one of the things that I, I listened to the song and I was like, I wonder how many references she's going to make to stuff that like kids nowadays wouldn't...
1: Kids these days. Kids
0: these days wouldn't get. Because we talked about oh, on a previous episode, Al, we did Colin Baton Rouge mm. where he talks about spending all of his money and stopping to call his girlfriend. And it's like, why would you need to stop to call your girlfriend just pick up your phone you know <laughs> pick up your cell phone but I was actually surprised that most of the things that she sings about are pretty still pretty relevant and make sense I mean freight trains are still a thing we get stopped at the trains all the time
2: I just I just got off the phone
1: with the creature from the Blackwood oh yeah did you? <laughs> yeah he's still around
0: he's still but here
1: she does make I feel like in country in general but especially this era of country the Beatles and the Rolling Stones like mentioned so many times yeah. never Never better than in Joe Diffie's classic Bigger Than the Beatles, which will be the subject of a future episode, I'm sure. <laughs> All right, right, they're I mean, like the I... standard rock bands they get referenced. Like, yeah. oh yeah, we know rock music. Beatles, Rolling Stones, check. Elvis. um Who is Joe Diffie? Joe oh Diffie. Oh, uh, this is gonna we're we're gonna need to talk about this outside of the podcast, probably <laughs> to give you the full education. But Joe Diffie, I think I'm trying to is, pull up a picture. Is our like collective nineties favorite. Great mullet. I don't know if she's got the mullet in this picture. Great mustache, great songwriting. It's like a uh, catcher's mitt came to life. <laughs> oh, plus he, he honestly. I, mean, I don't want to insult Joe Diffie. On, is he the one
2: that did Angels Among Us? No, that no, was Alabama. That's Alabama okay. okay. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh,
0: but he did they he did, did Third Rock that, from the Sun. He did John Deere uh, Green. Man, Pick John Deere Green. Okay. Bigger Than the Beatles.
1: We did it, Prop Me Up, a set of prop up a Side die. of box If I Die. Side of If I Die.
0: Like just a lot of the uh kind of fun hokey almost but like very quintessential 90s
2: i didn't mean to steal steer the conversation away from you i just we we
0: are always happy to talk about
2: yeah yeah he's like the
0: patron saint of this uh (laughs) one of the patron saints of this podcast
2: yeah exactly yeah I like this song. I like this Patty Loveless. Yeah, it's, uh,
0: it's upbeat and fun, and
2: it's a little bit of PJ Harvey in it. Mm-hmm. Just the the guitar sound and the very just driving beat. It's, yeah. I man, I like that a lot. I
0: like the nine the nineties country stuff that stays a little bit more upbeat. In some of the past episodes, we've done some
1: <laughs> slow some downers, some downers,
0: yeah. and I like all of the upbeat stuff. I mean, this song. I mean, it charted on the Billboard Hot country singles, reached number three. So, I mean, it wasn't like a huge a huge success. I, I chose it more because it's just a fun
1: song. Yeah. And we do have a North Carolina connection there. Yeah. She took her performing her stage name from her first husband.
0: Terry, Terry Lovelace.
1: Terry Lovelace, I guess, if you want to make the distinction. Mm-hmm. Like a shoelace who's from Kings Mountain, North Carolina. So we get a little bit of credit there for something involving Yay, go North
0: North Carolina.
1: Go Kings Mountain. But yeah. my favorite fun fact that I discovered research in this track is a songwriter, Gary Burr, also produced the 96 compilation called The Best of Country Sing the Best of Disney, which is exactly what it sounds like. Alright, I'm it 90s country artists such as Diamond Rio, Pam Tillis, Faith Hill, you know, all these greats singing Disney songs. So if you ever thought I want to hear Little Texas do Kiss the Girl from Little Mermaid, this is the album to go to. Another one of those like pop culture crossovers that just I don't know who greenlit it. But I would really love, I haven't done enough searching on YouTube yet, but I hope there's scenes of like Disney sing-along tapes where these versions yeah. are yeah. played instead of the originals. Because just hearing like that steel guitar and some of these. Alison Krauss uh, is on this. Alison Krauss. George T-toucher, Jones. George Jones is in there. Like it's, it's legit performers, which I'm sure Disney had plenty of money to pay them. Yeah. It's just a very odd, like hearing Colors of the Wind by Pam Tillis. Not something <laughs> (laughs) I bet she she killed it I'm not saying it's bad it's just
0: unexpected I will say this sounds like it's a hell of a lot better than the um... chipmunks Chipmunks.
1: oh my god I was gonna bring that up we talked about
2: that
0: in the last episode (laughs)
1: you you, you just love it that much you couldn't stop thinking about the chipmunks
2: oh my god I grew up with that I had that CD oh my god I was in (laughs) preschool and I had that CD
1: (laughs) chipmunks friends in low places (laughs) oh Oh, wow a, how terrible was your childhood that that was the thing you listened to no. by choice? Ever?
2: I like the Chipmunks. Oh, I like gosh. the Chipmunks. Every kid, enough, every I kid mean, has as a, a chipmunk's kid, face. Yes. I was. They would play Chipmunks reruns on a show called Wienerville on Nickelodeon mm-hmm. all the time. It was that and Batfang. and uh, yeah. I remember that. And they it's. The 90s. If you're a parent and your kid likes the Chipmunks, you see, oh, the Chipmunks have a new CD out. I'll get that for my kid, and they'll listen good, to good it
1: for them. They've putting us a work in the studio. Just, <laughs> I suggest we don't need to rehash it again because we just did this. But if you you can do a lot of Wikipedia research, Al, uh, mm-hmm. jumping in on the Chipmunks and Low Places Wikipedia article and reading the story arc that someone wrote because there, there is for, a story for the yes. friend, or Chipmunks and Low Places Please. compilation. We read it it's, out in
0: its entirety two episodes ago. So yeah, you can either am, align to that or you can check out the Wikipedia article yourself.
1: Yeah. So glad we're bringing these things back up. we like full I, circle. Yeah. And that I really blocked out a lot of these things existing. I remember... The Disney compilation, I don't remember listening to it. I listened to a lot of them last night. And it was one of those things where I was like, ah, I hope no one can hear me listening to these right now. <laughs> kind of embarrassing, but.
0: I definitely drive my husband insane sitting in here and listening. He he really enjoyed the Sawyer Brown last night.
1: Well, everyone should enjoy that.
0: Absolutely. Oh, man. Yeah, that, that's all I got about gotta Patty believe in,
2: Gotta believe in pumpkins. Believe- <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. (laughs)
0: Straight from the Wikipedia.
2: Oh, I'm having flashbacks to preschool and listening to that (laughs) record now. Uh,
0: Too bad you have to go to a wedding after this. You could I go do. home and, and listen to the Chipmunks
1: album. I mean, Maybe, I still
2: got it. I could probably bring <laughs> it to the wedding. Yeah. Or, or do they have a DJ? You can request <laughs> a specific one. I, I want to
1: hear the whole way through. I have to have a story arc. I have to know involved. what
2: happens to Alvin who goes through actual literal hell in this album.
1: <laughs> I'm emotionally <Whoa>. invested in <laughs> Alvin's future right now. <sighs>
0: So good. All right.
1: So, Al, what do you have coming up on the radar in early 2019? I've got a new album out. It'll probably be out
2: by the time you're listening to this. It's called God Killer. I wrote it and recorded it at. my house with a cat looking at me the whole time (laughs) it's nine tracks it's about 40 something minutes long matt douglas who uh plays with bands uh the hot at nights Mm -hmm. and the mountain goats plays saxophone on a song called hollywood spa telephone number which is about a rent boy wanting to watch milo Yiannopoulos fall off a cliff to his death (laughs) and uh the title track is in five four which is a weird tempo but um, yeah, I'm really proud of it. It's kind of a grimy, gloomy, doomy album, and uh, folks seem to like it. A guy commented on a Facebook post today about how I was going to hell for calling the Apple God Killer. Did you tell him you already
1: were there because you had to listen to the Chipmunks in other places growing up? Growing up, I was I was born and I was born in darkness. Oh, I already been there, buddy. It's only
2: going up from here. I gotta read the I gotta read the comment he left the the full comment he left on the post was i ask oh mighty lord that you intervene spelled i-n-t-e-r-v-i-e-n in this intervene intervene in this demonic venture dot 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 your will be done in jesus name amen and g and jesus is j-e-a-s-u-s
1: let Amen. You know, oh, man.
2: Minor detail. So, I mean, he You're he went... you it,
0: it like he says it, probably. Yeah. Jesus.
2: I mean, he wrote me a good pull quote for the record, so... <laughs> yeah, that definitely
1: needs to be in all your promo material.
2: Yeah. It's being released by a uh, record label, uh, Sua Sounds, out of uh, Chapel Hill. And it should be out by now. So Great. go listen to it.
0: And you have a pretty extensive back catalog on your Bandcamp page, too.
2: Some would say too extensive. No, <laughs>
0: I love it. I love it. But aside from the su- the song, and, and the one that sounds like the Dixie Chicks is is not on your Bandcamp. It's not on the Bandcamp, But now. there's a YouTube video, and I'll find that and link to it. If somebody is a 90s country fan what song or songs of yours should they listen to to get into your stuff
2: there's a song on an EP I did called Little Angel Shoulder Devil, mm-hmm. called Stop Believing, which was my attempt at trying to write a Mount Mariah song. Okay. I'd say that, I'd say the the hit uh, local honey would mm-hmm. probably be a good way to get into that. There's not really on um, Godkiller, there's not really a 90s country thing on this. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think
1: because it's definitely on there. How much would someone need to donate to your Patreon to get you to? Like, cover 90s song.
0: Ooh, yeah. What's, oh, yeah. Oh, that
1: it? is... Uh, so I do have
2: a Patreon, which is just patreon.com slash Al and I do things very cheap. I think the highest goal is just $10. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. May, I mean, they? it would have to be... I mean, shit, $10, unless I do a a higher tier of... For me, so if, if we, we
1: get in now, $10 is the price to get you to do a 90s cover... Okay. Country cover? Yes. I don't know. That's a good idea. Would it? Would it be theirs alone, or would I be?
0: No, I think that this should have to be
1: shared with the world. I think it would be up to the person who yeah. pays for it to decide, That's right? True. Imagine a Wu Tang album that they get <laughs> yeah. bought. Yeah, you know, where he had the one copy.
0: Well, he lost it.
1: Yeah, well, that's what happens when you're a dick. Yeah. I think Sufjan did, Sufjan Stevens
2: did this uh, a while back. Mm -hmm. Uh, Someone won a contest where he recorded, Sufjan recorded a song just for him, and he could do whatever he wanted with it. Yeah. So it might be something like that.
0: I would pay money, and then, but I would want to be able to share it with everybody. What song would you have Al do?
1: You ask me these on-the-spot questions. And you need to
0: get better at this. I
1: know. I'm indecisive. Rachel likes putting me on the spot with a question, yeah. and I really have to contemplate for a while. I've Cowboy had, Take Me Away would be good.
0: That would be a that good one. That would be a good one. And then we can really compare...
1: Oh, we could really compare the versions of this.
2: We've now reached the Ouroboros part of the of the podcast. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Maybe that means it's time for us to wrap it up. Maybe. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for joining us today, Al.
1: Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks.
0: We don't. Uh, we don't know. It's going to be a surprise who's here next. So you'll have to tune in.
1: Yeah. We just. We just recorded three episodes in a row. If you've listened to all three of these the same day, so we're probably just going to
2: have Delirious. to regenerate. <laughs> some
1: song ideas and you gotta topics. generate that content yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. we yes. know everyone's dying to know what we're up to next I think we're up to seven likes on our Facebook right now Hell so yeah. yes so you know all seven of you if we haven't lost anyone by this point are dying to hear what's next but we don't know
0: so we'll see you next week bye bye <laughs> oh man
1: away.